0: You're listening to The Promise of Personalized Medicine, brought to you by Access dx This is a show for the lab professionals and medical directors who bring forward novel diagnostic tests to advance modern medicine. Let's dive into the conversation. Welcome, Perry. Welcome to your own show. So glad to be here. I'm Angela, and I'm the host for today's episode. How are you, Perry?
1: Thank you for having me on.
0: Oh, yeah. Anytime. (laughs) The tables are turned today on the promise of personalized medicine. And Perry, our regular host, is going to be the answerer for all of the awesome questions we're about to go through. So thanks for agreeing to do this, Perry. I think it'll be fun.
1: Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to it. Let's see how well I do.
0: (laughs) Okay. So I think first off, a great starting point all of us would like to know, What are your thoughts on personalized medicine and why is it such a big deal?
1: Well, it's a big deal for me because personally, my dad died of brain cancer. It hit me and my family uh, in a very personal way. And while I was doing that, I've always been involved in lab diagnostics, personalized medicine. I just realized that really in order for Personal medicine to happen, there has to be some test to inform, educate the doctor so that he or she knows what to do or not do. I'm just trying to do my little part of accelerating the adoption of personalized medicine here in the United States because my belief is we talk a whole lot about personalized medicine, but mm-hmm. it just needs to be done a lot more. And selfishly, you know, I think we all one day will. Will need personal care. That's the way to go.
0: What are your thoughts on folks who do not agree with personalized medicine, or do you run into many people who don't agree with the thought line?
1: That's what I think is interesting: is personalized medicine. Uh, there's not too many people that say, "Oh, I don't believe in that." You know, it's almost like a right. bipartisan stand. You can get Republicans, Democrats, you can get all shapes and sizes of people agree on personalized medicine. Yeah, that's a good thing. We want that, and yet we struggle to deliver on it, right, because of the different viewpoints, the different challenges that groups and individuals have. Even some of the current infrastructure, you know, in our healthcare industry, if you will, prevents or hinders the adoption of personalized medicine. And that's kind of what was interesting for me personally when doing these interviews with the folks is that Although they're all in the same industry, they had different lenses, if you will, in how they saw things and what the potential solution or solutions could or should be, which I thought was great.
0: Yes, that is great. And that's actually a great segue for season two. We've had an incredible lineup of guests so far. Season two is not over. This is just the end of the calendar year, but we're going to continue with season two in January. We did want to showcase the professionals from the lab side of the industry. And you were able to chat with, I'm just going to run down the list, Jill Davies, CEO at Genome Medical. Jim Almas, National Medical Director for Clinical Effectiveness at LabCorp. Matt Mega, Senior Vice President of Market Access at Natera. Suzanne Bellinson, the Vice President of Commercial Markets at Tempest. Dr. Bruce Quinn, Principal at Bruce Quinn Associates. Donna Edmonds, CEO of Brainbox Solutions, and Matt Brain, Vice President of Managed Care at Garden Health.
1: It was so great to have each one of them on uh, the podcast, just sharing with us their views. I really do appreciate each one of them to uh, spend time with us. So thank you.
0: Absolutely. Well, we're going to segue into playing a little game that I came up with called, <laughs> How Well Do You Know Your Guests? So I've picked out a couple of golden nugget quotes, and you're going to tell me who you think said the quote. Are you ready?
1: I am ready. Go.
0: Okay. It's identifying things that are specific to the individuals, either based on their DNA or other criteria, that really helps us identify which intervention is most likely to be beneficial.
1: Hmm. I'd have to go between Donna or Suzanne with that, but I'm going to go with Donna because that was my first thought. Okay. I was wrong, wasn't I?
0: I'm sorry, Perry. The correct answer is Matt Mega.
1: That that's too intelligent for Matt to have said. <laughs> really? Matt's okay. it. Good job, Matt. Okay, I apologize.
0: Good job, Matt. Yeah. Good. We'll we'll send that snippet to him so that he can hear you say that.
1: I can't wait to see how well I do. Okay, I'm zero for one. Okay, let's go.
0: Quote two: A traditional genetic counselor workload is a lot of time. Jill Davies. Yes.
1: Well, that was a good one. Thank you. That was you should have started with that one because you know Jill did a great job with from her perspective as genetic counselor of really educating us on not only the benefits of what a genetic counselor does, but also created a new role with, I think what's called genetic counseling assistance in which they're doing all of the administrative work to help the genetic counselors really focus in on the clinical aspects of it so that they can help uh, each one of us understand the genetic findings. So, okay, good. I'm one for one. Good.
0: One for one. Awesome. Felt like that was a little cheating because she literally talked about genetic counselors. That's but it's okay. Good. I'm going to give you that. Thank
1: you. Yes.
0: <laughs> Number three, why would 30 health plans try to even attempt to go through the same piles of material and the same tests when it can be read and summarized in one place or three or four places?
1: I'm going to go with Bruce Quinn.
0: Yes. 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 <laughs> good. Good. Absolutely, Dr. Bruce Quinn. Great quote.
1: I like that one. The other quote that uh, Bruce said was um, spotlight diagnostics. I don't know if you remember that, but um, he was talking about how the diagnostic test results kind of put a spotlight. But the problem is sometimes it's just outside of where it's being shined on. So the diagnostic test mm-hmm. is important and essential to personalized medicine, but it's not the, the only thing right? So we have to look at other things that, and that's what makes the diagnosis, if you will, from the ordering physician standpoint, more difficult.
0: It's a good conversation.
1: Yep. That was good. All right. Give me another one. I'm feeling good.
0: Okay. Well, the last one, last one. Okay. When the test is not mature, when you haven't proven your clinical utility and you go out early into the market, you're going to beg for coverage, and you're probably not going to get a lot of commercial coverage unless you can really show that utility piece.
1: So I will, it's either between Jim Almos or Matt Brain. I'm going to go with Jim.
0: Yes. 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 <laughs>
1: You know when you told me you were going to do this game, I thought, good <laughs> lord, there's no way I'm gonna be able but I got what, three out of four?
0: Yeah, three out of four. That's seventy five percent. That
1: that's like college. That's so 70- that's a C. I'm good.
0: You you passed. I passed.
1: <laughs> you know?
0: Well, I definitely thought everyone would get a kick out of that. And I personally did, so that was great. Thank you.
1: So Matt Mega, I apologize for not knowing your highly intelligent quote.
0: Next time. Next time. Next time, Matt. Yes. Thanks, Perry. Well, diving into more of your thoughts, I wanted to know, as your producer, what has made season two special so far and why you wanted to highlight the lab professionals.
1: Well, the lab professionals, I've kind of grown up professionally in this space, right? So uh, I'm fortunate enough to say that these folks that we uh, had joined our podcast, a lot of them are friends of mine. Mm-hmm. And if they're not friends, they're strong acquaintances. So we've known each other for years. And I just really appreciated their willingness to come on and spend some time with us to give us the viewpoint because season one... As you recall, we spent a lot of time with the payers, which is very important from the medical director standpoint, and I just wanted to acknowledge that industry really is, in my opinion, leading the way with everything that we're trying to do, and they're doing it in a way that I believe is trying to do good, right? Right. So yes, Mm -hmm. they're businesses, they have to be profitable, they have to have a good business model and all that good stuff. But these folks, it it certainly is, they're doing good work for the right reasons. So I really appreciate them taking the time and and educating us on their viewpoints.
0: Awesome. Thank you. All of them, like you've said, have shared incredible thoughts. What was the most surprising aspect to you? that they may have brought up or a mindset? Did anything surprise you?
1: I think the interesting thing was that they each had a different perspective and view. And it really did showcase the complexity of when we talk about market access, reimbursement, whatever you want to call it. Because you had, like Jim almost really spent a lot of time on coding, and we went down that ro- road, right? I think with right. Jill, with genetic counselors, we didn't talk about coding at all, but it was more of the clinical aspects of the need to have a a professional help the physician and come alongside the physician um, to interpret the results. So in, in each one of those things, then you had both Matt's talking more about the commercialization of it, of the test and the importance of acknowledging when there's misalignments, right? Mm -hmm. And when there is a a misalignment to make sure that you're not only aware of it, but how can you articulate the approach that you're taking so that you can win those people over? I think all those discussions were just helpful for once again, hoping that It starts new conversations within the industry amongst all these leaders so that, quite frankly, they're all successful because good tests will flourish. And when good tests flourish, we're going to have better medicine. And that's what it's all about.
0: Yes, absolutely. Thanks. Those were great thoughts. There's a lot happening in the medical insurance world, and you're definitely an expert in prior authorization. So, what is the newest piece of information? that you believe would help laboratories as they're developing their tests in 2024?
1: Yeah, so the new piece of information that's going to really impact the space in 24 and beyond is in Washington, D.C., over the last two or three years, there's been major legislation that's come out with basically trying to get healthcare costs more transparent to the individual, to all of us, right? Mm -hmm. So, and prior authorizations is a piece of that because when you think about prior authorization is just a access, a patient access issue from the payer's perspective, right? right? And the access piece from an industry perspective is making sure that those patients actually can have those tests done and being able to inform that patient of the cost of those tests are going to be crucial in the in the future because we're coming to the tipping point where everyone is going to know everybody else's costs and the reason why governments doing this is we they believe and I I agree that the more informed consumer or patient there's going to be some cost savings there Right now, we just don't know. My doctor tells me to go to this lab or go to this facility, and I go to that facility. Whereas if I went to that facility, let's say for an imaging, for an MRI, it's going to cost me $500, let's say, out of pocket. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I went to a different facility, it would only cost me $200. Well, I would like to have known that. The doctor doesn't know that. So that's why he or she told me to go to that facility. It's not like they're trying to get me to pay more. They just didn't know. So there's going to be platforms and tools to help equip us as the consumer, but also for the physicians and the healthcare staff to help inform us so that we can make those decisions. And I say all that's really important because as healthcare costs continue to rise, the benefits that we all have as individuals, we have higher and higher deductibles. It's not uncommon for a person to have to pay two three four thousand dollars for for oh, as yeah. a deductible so yep. in my example, like if I can save two hundred dollars for one MRI that's gonna i'm gonna pay that right i would I'd like to know that so I can make the decision. Right, So I think that transparency and the ability to come alongside all of us mm-hmm. is going to be crucial. And I would just encourage the lab industry especially that play a role in this because you can help educate the patient directly. And if you don't mm-hmm. play a role in it, then some other third party is going to come in and take over that. Uh, role for you, and do you really want to lose control like that?
0: Right, that's great, and I I believe that the patient physician relationship will only grow better as there is more transparency. And then, like you're saying, I mean, I know I do know consumers patients can go to labs just to, I mean, really bypass the physician if they if they feel so inclined. And so, yeah, anytime a lab is involved, it would be helpful to already
1: have that transparency. That's right. Yeah. So I think we'll see that coming. And it may take us, you know, nothing in, especially healthcare, it, well, it, takes, a, it takes a long time. So, but that's not stopping. And it goes back to what I said about bipartisan support. That legislation is bipartisan. I mean, and mm-hmm. because once again, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. It's it's very hard to tell your constituents, oh, it doesn't really matter about healthcare cost. Sorry, you went bankrupt. The the word I've heard lately is financial toxicity, which I love and I hate, right? Because we all know about toxicity of a drug. Oh, you know, it's very toxic, right? Chemotherapy is a great example, right? So that's why you want to make sure that that chemotherapy is going to work for that individual patient because it's so toxic. It's going to, your hair falls out, you're going to get sick, right? Well, healthcare has in the United States has created a financial toxicity. I mean, people go bankrupt every day because of their health. And that's just not right.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Appreciate everything you're doing, Perry, you and your team. We focused, like you said, in season one on the payer side of the aisle. Would you say that same piece of information Would be helpful for them in 2024 or is there any other differences that you would note
1: yeah i think the payers definitely want to maintain cost on behalf of their clients and sometimes they do it in a way that's to people seem like oh you're just setting up unnecessary barriers like a prior authorization, right? No one likes to have to do the administrative burden of a prior authorization. From a payer's standpoint, like we heard in season one, they're just trying to make sure that the patient is appropriate to get that test or that procedure done. So they would say that they have a a fiduciary responsibility for their client to make sure that every dollar that they spend is done well. And I would say... Once again, the payer community and the laboratory community should partner together because at the end of the day, we know that good lab medicine, personalized medicine will save money and save lives and guess what yeah if it doesn't say if it doesn't help somebody, then you know what the doctors are going to stop ordering it it's quote a not very valuable test, and you move on, right? But there's right. enough good medicine, good testing out there that, with true partnership, and that's not really done because what we heard from the payers, the health plans is like, well, that's not my job to help you. And I mm-hmm. guess my pushback, and maybe that's season three or four when I get. Enough courage in which I want to go back to the payers and say, Well, why isn't that your job though? I mean, you know, I'm not asking you to pay for anything. you know I'm just telling you that we should work closer together.
0: What do you think it would take for that partnership to strengthen
1: yeah uh I what starts with a clear understanding from both groups that what they're trying to do is beneficial, and one group is not trying to give it to the other group. I think at the core, there is a lack of trust between the groups, and I believe historically there's a basis for that because there's some labs in the past that have, quote, played games as far as the health plans are considered. Uh, from a okay. coding and reimbursement standpoint. So that's why there's that, you know, we better check up and make sure that these folks are doing it correctly. So I think to acknowledge that and say, yeah, there there were some bad apples there and there there will continue to be some, but sure. overall the industry is full of good people doing good things and, and, and trying our best to be beyond reproach. So I think we have to acknowledge that, though, and I think that's when we can start really having a conversation of how we can work better together. It's a
0: whole conversation towards, towards things like emotional intelligence and integrity, and that's some interesting topics when it comes to the medical community.
1: Uh, You know, just to let everyone know that's Angela thinking out loud. So that's probably going to be season three (laughs) podcast. She's like, okay, Perry, let's talk about this. And I'm like, holy cow. Okay.
0: (laughs) No, that would be great, right? Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Perry, thank you. These are some great thoughts. I appreciate your reflection for sure. I want to do a plug. We're not finished with season two, like I said earlier. We are still looking to chat with other lab professionals who handle conversations with payers. And we would love to hear from you if you would love to be a part of the podcast. There is always room for more conversations.
1: Yeah, I look forward to that. So thank you for saying that. Everyone have enjoyed the uh, rest of the uh, year and thank you for a great 2023. And we look forward to 2024. Like Angela said, if you have any suggestions anything like that, please submit it to us. And we're uh, more than willing to work with you and and, uh, blah, blah, blah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And to consider, we have to leave that in because that's too funny. To consider your thoughts. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) That's why Angela's here. To consider your thoughts.
0: (laughs) Uh, That's great. Perry, would you like to plug what to expect for the next ad boards and even DXCon 2024?
1: Sure, thank you. Every quarter, starting in January, we're going to be having advisory board meetings where you will be able to engage with a group of medical directors and they will be able to give insight and guidance as far as next steps that you should take. Uh, when launching or have launched your novel diagnostic. So please uh, let us know if you're interested in getting in front of these medical directors. Our next one is end of January in Orlando, Florida. Then we're going to be doing another one in April in DC. And then um, our diagnostic conference is already scheduled for next fall. We're going to go back to Manhattan Beach, California, because uh, it was a great venue. We got positive feedback from everybody. We're putting together that agenda as we speak. Keep you all updated, but look forward to uh, having you all attend.
0: Great. Thanks. What a great year. Looking forward to the new year. Yes.
1: Thanks, Angela. Look forward to it.
0: Thanks, Perry. Awesome. Merry Christmas. Merry
1: Christmas, everybody
0: you've been listening to the promise of personalized medicine produced by amplify podcasts and original music by jake demas to ensure that you never miss an episode subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and if you like what you've heard we would love to hear from you with a rating or a review thank you so much for listening until next time